Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast, and for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host, the creator, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence. Now, here at the Blue Day podcast, we are on a bit of a tour at the moment during the the months of June and July, and we are speaking to passionate Chelsea supporters from around the globe. Last week, we spoke to the guys at the Dutch Blues. This week... We are speaking to the Chelsea group from one of my favourite places to visit. Here is Anu from the Atlanta Blues. Welcome to the Blue Day podcast. How are we? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on. Obviously, with the time difference being quite varied from between London and Atlanta, I, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. No problem. Before we sort of talk about Atlanta in general, like the Coca-Cola factory, the Braves and Stone Mountain. Just want to sort of get your take on the Atlanta Blues as a supporters group. You know, how big is it back in Atlanta, this particular supporters group? And it's to your memory, how did the supporters group start? Well, I wasn't there when it first started, but it goes back to like 2014 during the, no, not 2014, my bad. I met 2018 during the uh, Russian World Cup. I remember we had um, we had a watch party in like Midtown Atlanta, and we met this. Um, I, that's when I first met Brenda, and she was starting back up, starting up the Atlanta Blues. I didn't realize that um, <clears throat> that there was actually a Chelsea group in Atlanta because I was stuck, you know, watching this thing alone for so many years. Right. So when she so at first when she started up, it was just you know like a small group of us. I think I think maybe like less than less than ten of us, and later it blossomed itself into becoming you know like the third largest supporters group in the United States. Like we're like number three, then there's Los Angeles at number two, followed by uh, New York at number one. Well, that's interesting because you sort of talk about the popularity of Chelsea in the states, and you see pretty much near enough every other season, Chelsea go out to the States for pre-season friendlies. Is that something that you guys obviously sort of look at and feel that 
it's because of the popularity of Chelsea in this country that we're able to maybe see Chelsea in international friendly competitions over there. Well, I would say yes. Chelsea's become it has is become is very popular here in the states, and that's what probably invited Chelsea to come here. But also, I know that the United States is still like a um is still a potential ground for a lot for not just Chelsea but several other um European teams. I mean clubs to make their way over there and do all these tours. That's why it's like. Now, right now, Chelsea's about to do their summer tour here. They're going to be playing in three cities. But also, um, um, Man City's doing something. Everton's doing something. Arsenal is doing something. Um, so many teams are coming in doing these, doing these U.S. tours. And for, for you, what was it about Chelsea that appealed to you to become a supporter of the club? Well, one thing about me is that I am a first-generation African-American. Like, both my parents are African. So, um, one, of the thing, one, of the, one of the things we always, traditionally before Premier League, I was watching the World Cup, like almost everyone else. And I purely had a, um, had a soft spot for Didier Drogba. He was, for Didier Drogba, especially when, his, um, when he pulled out that speech of his, to help stop the civil war within his country. And obviously he's like legendary for that. By amongst Avorians, but also Africans all over all over the continent. So as I was watching him in the watching him in the World Cup, I tried to figure out which club does he play for. And he played for Chelsea. And that's how I got into it. I also will say is that around that time around that time, the Premier League became more accessible in the United States. Compared to like, I've heard like you have to pay a lot of money just to watch them Sky Sports. But over here, I can just turn on a turn on my TV every Saturday morning, and Premier League is on is on the telly, no problem. And it must be sort of good for you guys as well when it comes to a regular match day. And you know, what is it like for you guys, especially in Atlanta? What would a typical match day be like? for the Atlanta Blues, whether it's a midweek game or an early kickoff? Well, it really, de- it really depends on the, um, on the day and also the time. Um, of course, like some of the earliest games, the earliest games would be around 7 a.m. in the morning. So you would have, so, ever, so those times we usually don't really have like, pretty, like a pretty small turnout. Not many people can wake up early to go see that, see those matches. But then, of course, we have like our 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I mean, 10 o'clock and further matches. We get a lot of people come in. Also, the fact is not many, there are not many pubs in Atlanta that actually can cater to such a thing. So you have, so a lot of the pubs are shared in a way, something which, you know, a lot of English people have come here and they've noticed that. And they said like, oh, that would never happen in England. So, um, so other than that is like, basically, you know, we come in, we have like breakfast and beer, the beer, that's good. Except Sunday, like we have this thing called, we have Georgia liquor laws on Sunday, which means we can't serve alcohol until after 1130. Right. So it's like, so the Sunday, Sunday matches, we have to be at our, we have to be uh, our best behavior and drink (laughs) water and orange juice. 
before we can get we can crack the Guinness. It must be difficult then, because when obviously again Chelsea are playing at like four o'clock UK time over there, you guys it's probably about eleven ten o'clock in the morning. So it's, again, as you say, it's probably not ideal while watching the game if you're ended up having to drink milk or maybe yeah, a Sunday. Yeah, like I said, man, it's it's a it's a huge it's a for a foreign show. I mean, not just us American Chelsea fans, but for Chelsea fans all over the all over the world, you know, it's a commitment for us. You know, I got I got friends in Australia who friends in Australia who wake up, I don't know, shoot, like red eyed mornings just to watch Premier League, you know. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny so, sort of looking at the difference between that and someone from the United Kingdom. They can just either go just walk into a pub, as you say, or just flick it on the telly and it's there. Whereas, and that's in their own little time zone. Whereas other people, they've got to get up halfway through the night to put on the telly and watch their beloved Chelsea. So, you know, by all means, it's great to hear the dedication from other Chelsea fans that no, no matter whether they're thousands of miles away, they still support the team just as much as the guy next door who goes... 40 years to Stamford Bridge. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Now, one thing I wanted to sort of talk about in regards to the Atlanta Blues was, you know, you when you guys meet up, is it sort of a big razzmatazz event every time sort of Chelsea play? Is there sort of like significant events? And what I mean by that is, you know, is there sort of like certain like cook-offs that I know that you guys are quite big into sort of in America. Is there sort of like a big event planned or is it just me number of people just going to the bar pub and just watch the game? Do you guys sort of try and keep it normal or do you sort of push the boat out a little bit in terms of the event itself? All right. So um, what we do is, is that when it comes to like the, um, like the, like the lesser matchups, let's say like if like Chelsea's playing like um Chelsea's playing like you know like Southampton like a mid table club like Southampton or New Southampton or um or Burnley, a lot of times you know most people just say oh I'm not gonna wake up to go I'm not gonna go to the pub to see that I'd rather just stay at home. We would do uh giveaway we would do giveaways because we will get like you know because we're such a big supporters club we get a lot of stuff from the team. So we would bring it here and we'll raffle it off. We have raffled off, um, you know, some little as little as keychains to base to sign to sign jerseys. The jerseys. One time I got a um, what's the, I got a signed picture from from Sam Kerr from the women's squad. Okay. Yep. Yeah. The squad. Um, and then um, LVF flags, flags and whatnot. Um, but that's like for if for, for like when we, it just it's to help just to bring people into the door. Now, when it comes to bigger events, like for example, twenty twenty one Champions League final. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was pretty crazy over there. I, I'm surprised that I'm surprised the, uh, the local news affiliates didn't come over there because it was a banger. Um, we had to come, you, they were like, Brenda told us we had to come early. So I came in around nine o'clock to help mm. set up. And even out, 
I was there, there were already people like in line trying to get in there. But and as the hours went, it just kept getting bigger and bigger to the point I'm looking outside and I'm seeing Chelsea supporters waiting in line in the waiting line and the line goes around the building, you know. Yeah. That's how many people people who wanted to get in, but we're like, there's not much you could do. And obviously it was when we won, it was I mean, it was wild. I remember we just like we were popping small. We were screaming Chelsea at the top of our lungs. Um, I remember the police came and be came to... <laughs> I'm sorry, man. When the police came and they're like wondering what's going on, we were like, yo, we Chelsea just won the Champions League, you know. <laughs> Did they know what you was on about, or were they like, Oh Christ, this is just another night? I you know what? I think that cop probably knew what was going on. Because I think that because the pub probably has gotten numerous noise violations, but at the same time, I think people got used to it because they realized that's a pub, and yeah. several yeah. several clubs share that pub. Um, because there's us Chelsea, but also we have Liverpool over there as well. So you can imagine how that place was when Liverpool won the 2019 Champions League final, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, must was... have, it must have been interesting in way as well when Liverpool played Chelsea, especially last season when we played them four times. Yeah, exactly. When I, yeah, whenever we played them, whenever we played them, it was always a big event. You were like, they have to still would have to split. They had to split the bar. I mean, split the pub. And even put ropes around it just to, you know, tell where, you know, just to say, all right, if you're Chelsea, you go here, and Liverpool go there, and then upstairs and whatnot. I think one of the, um, I think one of the funniest things, I mean, we did was we had, um, it was the E, no, it wasn't that one. It was one of the matchups, and we had a, we had a makeshift Champions League trophy along with this banner saying Champions of Europe. It was an official Champions of Europe, Europe banner that the club gave us. And we did, we had a photo shoot of it outside and the Liverpool fans were just looking at us with disgust. <laughs> and trying to like scream, like, we won it six times, we won it six times. I'm like, all right, get get a domestic trophy. Then, then you got one domestic trophy, like catch up, all right? For real, it was just... Like we, it's it's just constant banter up and down between us and them. Of course, and uh, that, yeah, obviously after last season with uh, Chelsea playing Liverpool a few times, they I think the rivalry stoked up a little bit. Not just in this country, but it does sound like it's a uh, spanned across the world. Um, Anu, what, in regards to Chelsea itself, and we'll talk about the sort of the group um, shortly. What's your earliest Chelsea memory? So you mentioned about Didier Drogba. Was it around that time when Drogba was at his peak? Was when you sort of started to sort of really follow Chelsea? What was the sort of the earliest great memory you've got of supporting Chelsea? Hmm. Well, yes, around that time, Drogba. I remember Drogba was getting was getting you know was getting injured, but he was well known for score. You know how they always say he was well known for scoring at big moments. Namely in the Champions League, but um, one of my one of my earliest memories and probably my funniest one was that um, 
was it the quarter? Was it the semifinal quarterfinal against Barcelona in 2012? The semifinal. Semifinal. Okay. Yes. The semifinal against Barcelona. Uh, what's it called? I was at a pizza shop. That a pizza shop near my house. This I was living in Maryland at the time. And the owner of the place was a Barcelona fan. He had Barca scarves and kits scattered around. And I was the only Chelsea fan. I just walked in there and just, just to watch it because, you know, I'm good friends with the guy. He was not having it when I was screaming Chelsea when Fernando Torres pulled that thing. And I think, <laughs> he, I think he, he, he gave me that face. He just gave that face to say, yo, just, just get out. Get out. Right. And I, I did not come back for a couple of weeks. I didn't even go I didn't even go to for the Champions League final. I think I just stayed home that day just watching. <laughs> oh man, that was that was probably that was my earliest memory with Chelsea with Chelsea back in 2012. Um but other than that, like I said, it's just like those early days of watching or those early days, most of the time I miss a lot of those Chelsea matches because it's like I can I almost never would watch this read the schedule. So I'll be like waking up at like nine, but then I realized the Chelsea match just ended because it was playing at seven. And so I had to adjust. So over time I had to adjust my sleeping schedule just so that I'd be able to wake up on time just to watch watch matches, you know. Think what was uh, when it comes to when it comes to the 2021 final, um, one of my uh, one of my favorite stories coming from that was a story is a story about uh, Edward Mendy, the goalie. Yep. And I read his story of how of his struggles, and it amazes me that somebody just somebody like him was just. Like somebody who was like a complete unknown, winds up going unemployed, had to get on unemployment to support his to, to support his uh, girlfriend and new new child, and it, it's it's funny, it's crazy that at that time, um, I think what was it in twenty twenty that was when Peter Check became the um, became part of the front office in I think what was it in player development or scouting? Yeah, he was technical director so he was in charge of sort of like looking at the different departments and then he he had an eye for a few goalkeepers and he recommended Edouard Mendy from his old club which was Wren and that's how Chelsea managed to get him 2020 yeah I know and that was literally a blessing from earth and I and like since since that that check was like final the guy has been on a run, you know, ha- has been on a run from, you know, winning best winning best goalkeeper titles. I, w- I was sitting here this I was sitting here at home Sunday morning watching the African Cup of Nations final and just screamed, just screamed Mendy when he blocked that when he blocked that fourth penalty against um against Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the first team for Chelsea with Edward Mendy. One player that I did want to speak to you about, and he's a bit of a hot topic at the moment, he divided a lot of opinions at Chelsea, is Christian Pulisic. In your views, would you sell him? And what's been the general view of him over in the States? 
for Christian? Well, um, when it comes to Christian Pulisic in the States, he's like, you know, there's like the running joke that he was known as the LeBron James of soccer. That's what somebody from like a reality show. <laughs> um, like this is reality show that's called Pawn Stars, where a guy actually tried to sell, tried to pawn a uh, a signed Christian Pulisic um, kit. And one of the uh, the owner, one of the owners of the pawn shop called him, gave him the title of LeBron James of soccer. And that moniker has been has been used many times here. So, yeah, Pulisic is still like heavily praised among among the media, especially on U.S. soccer, because he's like the face of U.S. soccer. But for some of us fans who are fans of different clubs, the different clubs and we've seen other Americans play. We don't really we don't really view him like that. We always say this player is better. Like for me, like I'm a big I'm a big Weston McKinney fan. I love Weston McKinney back when he played in Germany, and then now he's playing. He played and then played for Juve on, with Ronaldo. I also loved Brendan Brendan Aronson, who's now playing for Leeds. But back then, I was watching him play in the MLS for, for Philadelphia, but. Like I said, as for um, Pulisic's um, situation at Chelsea, um, I I honestly believe that he should he needs to go because he's clearly not going to get any he's clearly not getting any time, and those injuries piling up has made him very unreliable among Thomas Tuchel and the rest of the coaching staff. But the my problem is is that Chelsea, like even though he he probably wants to force a move. Chelsea might not do that because you know Chelsea still needs needs him for marketing reasons. Remember, Europe. The one person even explained that Europe is maxed out when it comes to when it comes to um to advertisement. Same thing for Africa, but they still trying to crack into the Western Hemisphere because a lot of people in the Western Hemisphere have their own clubs, have their own have their own clubs or have no clubs at all in traditions. So they still try so they need they need that American star to get people going, get people watching. You know what I'm saying, right? Yep. Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah. So that's why I'm just saying this like Pulisic is still is we're still stuck with Pulisic until for like maybe another season. I say maybe if he does if he plays good in this November, this November in the World Cup, maybe he could force a transfer in the winter. I think that's what most that's what most players are probably looking at right now. Even though I think it's still going to be a pretty wild wild summer for a for a lot of players, like always. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a very interesting summer, I I think, and there'll be a lot of movers and shakers. I think there'll be a lot of players leaving the club. And I think there may be even possibly four or five coming in, I think. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm hoping, um, I mean, this is like a dream move, but um, I was hope I'm hoping maybe Chelsea would, would take a look at Serginho Dest from Barcelona. The right wing back, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. Quite well, actually, no, he, no, no, he's not a he's not a wing back. He's a um no, he's actually the he's actually a center back. Yeah. 
he's that's his center back. He's his center back back there. And I know that um, what's it called? Barcelona's trying to get uh, Christensen a bit, I think. Yeah, Barca pretty much has got Christensen signed and sealed. They're after Marcos Alonso. And yeah. I think they're still not giving up on Aspilicueta as well. So there's a few players that could be going to Barca this, this summer. Yeah, exactly. So I said, like, you know, I like, like, Serginho has been a great, has been a great defender in La Liga, especially, especially in Barcelona. And, you know, Barcelona is, let me know, like, La Liga is known for attacking football. So I, Serginho would be a nice addition to it. And of course, Serginho is also, American, so that's another American to market in the United States. See, that's why, you know, I also say this is that this summer is probably going to be, we're probably going to see a lot of Americans, we're probably going to see a lot of Americans make way into the Premier League. We've already seen it, like the first domino has went down with Brendan Aronson coming to Leeds and already Tottenham, I'm hearing Tottenham is about to put a bid for Weston McKinney out of Juventus. Right, yeah. Wait, dude, that's all I got. That's all I got to say about Pulisic. <laughs> well, we shall see if he's still at the club by first of September. It, it will. It will be interesting. But just briefly back on the Atlanta Blues and for yourself, have you been able to go to Stamford Bridge much from last season? Did was there any particular games that stood out for you in a good way or a bad way? Well, I, I went to Stamford Bridge for the first time. Back in April, um, I wanted to go there in 2012. I mean, no, it's 2020 actually, but obviously, you know what happened. So yes. we had to, po- yeah. So we had to postpone it um, twice. So in 20, so this year, 2022, I went to Sanford Bridge for the first time. It was um, Chelsea versus Brentford. So. You know, it was a historical West London Derby. We haven't seen, we haven't played Brentford since World War Two. You know, so that was that was a very uh, that was a very exciting match to go to actually go into. But you know, obviously, you know the results. <laughs> yes, no, I was there that day. It was not a pleasant day at all. Yeah, it wasn't. But at the same time, it's just it was beautiful being there. I mean. All those years of all those like the all those years of watching the watching the club from a TV screen or red out and red out in the morning. No, no sun. It was a lot of times it was dark outside. Couldn't see anything, and I wept. I, I was in the lower Matthew Harding stand, about four rows from the field, and I wept because I just couldn't believe that I'm there. And there was a guy who um who was in the section, he was in the other side of the corner, walked over and he said, Are you all asked me, are you okay? Are you fine? I said, I am. I'm just happy. I haven't it's my first time being here. And I mean, I just couldn't I still again it's still hard to believe that I actually was standing on Sanford Bridge. You know, even but the day before, I took a tour of it, and I got to you know walk around the stands, went to the locker rooms. Um, when the tour guy wasn't looking, but I didn't. The camera was there. I kind of like felt my like you know 
put like at least one hand on the grass just to take get a feel for it. Then. But um, but I mean the the I'm not I'm not bothered by the loss at all. It was a it was great to it was just being it was just great to be there. That Rudiger, that shot by Rudiger was insanely awesome. And <laughs> that was a good goal. That was I a know, very good finish. Yeah, I love it. I just said like way I said it. Wait, can you cuss on here? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, by all means. Yeah, all right. yeah. So I just saw it and I just say Rudiger was like, "Fuck it, the goal's there somewhere," <laughs> and he just like just hit that banger. Um, yeah, uh, Thiago Silva. I don't know how that guy does it. Like, <laughs> 37 years old, and he's still rocking it over there. He's defying the science. He really I, is. I know. It's defying science. Yes. Um, I got to meet, also, you know, I got to meet Mason Mount before that match. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, um, I didn't, I want, when I chose, when I picked my hotel, I didn't, know that the team hotel was just right across the right across this bridge and so i went i basically went over there for breakfast and i saw a bunch of chelsea's fans just you know outside hotel and i followed them and i said so what are you guys headed to like oh the the team actually like are coming out of are coming out of this door here i was like word so so of course, you know, they circled around and everyone would say, you know, you had, you know, had people with their with uh, with their autograph books, pictures, trying to get them signed. I was like, I just want to get a photo, you know. So I tried, so I got Mason Mount's photo. Love it to death. Love it to death. I posted it on my profile and people were just like, How the hell did you meet Mason Mountain? And I said, not. I don't know. It just—that's <laughs> how it be. Um, Brendan was there. Uh, Brendan got a picture of Mason Mount and Edward Mendy. I don't know how she was able to get it so quickly, but I guess. She, <laughs> but I'm guessing she zoomed it so quickly she didn't have time to get her face ready for the camera. I was like, I'm taking my time. I need to make sure I smile <laughs> in front and next to Mason Mount. I would have loved to get Mendy's picture, considering his story and yeah, he's just yeah, such a yeah. fantastic job but um uh but yeah that was that was that and then after um that Chelsea match you know I I walked around London I also went to like three other get matches after that so I went to Chelsea women the next day ran it met Lauren James so that was pretty. That was pretty cool. And the Chelsea, um, the Chelsea um, social media team was there, and they realized they knew who we we are, and they put pictures of. They they took our picture and posted it on their Chelsea pages, and we got we we got a lot of um, a lot of activity from that. And then I went to I went to Crystal Palace versus Arsenal on that following Monday. Monday, followed by Wednesday, Wednesday with um, Chelsea versus Real Madrid in the Champions League. Champions League. I think one of my favorite moments of it was uh, this guy behind me giving out the uh, Courtois a cunt chant, which like 
made me lose my which made me lose my mind. I'm like, yo, you guys are that vulgar. <laughs> I do remember that night well. I was in the shed upper and there was uh there was a lot of booing and hissing and quite a few choice words about Thibaut Courtois that day. Yes. But he 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 did prevent Liverpool from from winning the Champions League. So Oh he's, yeah, dude. He's he's partly forgiven in my eyes. But <laughs> I understand your point. In regards to somebody somebody listening to the show that is from Atlanta, if anybody's interested in joining the Atlanta Blues supporters group, how would they go about and do it? Um, you can find us on social media, you know, Atlanta Blues CFC on um on Twitter on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I don't think no TikTok. We're not doing TikTok. <laughs> You're not the only ones not doing TikTok. Don't worry. <laughs> no TikTok. We ain't doing it. Um, you can find us there on there, or you know, if you're in town or you want to see watch a Chelsea match, go to uh for those Irish pub in Buckhead, the Buckhead, Georgia. That's like in um uh Northeast Atlanta, in Northeast Atlanta. Every we're there for every match day. If you go, you will see. You probably would see. Maybe you see maybe one or two of us wearing Chelsea blue. And you're well. If you we you sign up, become a member, you get some. You you'll get a you get a free gift. We've gotten. Uh, we've given out keychains. I have a mug. You know, I, yeah, I actually have a mug and a beer glass that I got from Brenda when I joined all those years ago. Um, we also, you know, the best part about it was that, um, we also get ticket priority. We also, yeah, we also, you know, also joined to be a true blue member. So you can get the ticket priority list for upcoming matches, matches next season. It was probably like, like the best because I didn't realize you need to have you do all this stuff just to get the opportunity to go and see Chelsea play. I thought. I can just go on Ticketmaster like everyone else and do that. But I'm glad you guys do that because over here, it's like because of Ticketmaster, it's you can get priced out very quickly. Yes. Yeah. 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 You can get priced out very quickly just to get tickets. So I like that. You basically eliminate the scalpers that way. Other than that, I say like, I mean, we, we, were, a very, we were a very fun group. Of course, uh, this next season we're in the middle of transition. Um, uh, our secretary Brenda, she is, she's moving. You know, she's moving, so that is going to be passed down to several of us. There will be uh, Jenna, Kyle, Andrew, and Jason, I believe. They're going to be the new. Um, they're going to be the new board. They're going to be a board for uh, for the Atlanta Blues. So you can and you can run any of them every match day, every match day. If you you can see all four of them there, or you can see just maybe one or two of them there. But that's who to talk to. Right, and just finally, Anu, what does Chelsea FC mean to you, and what are your predictions for the forthcoming? season I say you know Chelsea to me is it's um honestly it's the blue man I, I love the blue <laughs> love the blue since 
I mean, I love the blue, even just the color blue itself. I loved it since I was a little boy. I had so much blue stuff growing up. It's just that it was almost destiny that I became a Chelsea fan. <laughs> and also, you know, the thing is, though, the line, of course, the, the line crest, that's like a symbol. That's the line crest is a symbol of, um, of, of Africa. A lot of African nations have the line in their uh, in their flags or anything you know one of the things about me is that i'm um i'm like i told you earlier i was a first generation african-american so my father is uh he's cameroonian so you know the cameroonian national team they called the the indomitable lions and they had the lion on the crest and then my mom is kenyan who's also which who also they have the lion of, of the crest, you know, the pride. You know, the pride of Kenya is a lion. So I think that's what got me to it. Because, I mean, probably I would, the way I look at it, it could have been either, you know, either Chelsea or Aston Villa. Since they both use lions in their crest. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know any other Premier League team that does it. I don't know. Shoot. Well, interesting that you sort of talk about with Chelsea and regards to watching it from the States. Have you got any plans to watch Chelsea this forthcoming summer when they're in well, the preseason? Um, well, let's see here. Um, we already – oh, almost forgot to talk about next season. But, yeah, but first off, of course, the summer tour is on. Um, I know people who are going to go to Charlotte. Charlotte, but I've already been to Charlotte, so I, I can – I'm not. I'm not really into that. Um, also, know people going to Vegas. That's going to be the most interesting one because I never Chelsea has never played in Vegas, and they're going to be playing at a very nice stadium over there. It's called um, Allegiant Stadium. That's where the NFL's um, Las Vegas Raiders play. And I mean, just seeing that, like that thing is like all black at right. night. So when it's like dark out, you can't see it, but you put in they will put in the white lines, so it looked like something out of Star Wars. Like they call it the Death Star now, and uh, I'm, I'm it's gonna be a, that is gonna be a very enjoyable. But for me, I'm gonna be down in Orlando for the Florida for the Florida Cup between uh, Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, we already, um, I've already rented a house there, and there's like going to be a bunch of us staying in there, staying there. We have the we have the Atlanta Blues flag out and everything, and I'm meeting Chelsea supporters from uh, Nashville, Boston, and uh, Miami. Shout out to the Miami Blues and Music City Blues. They were also very good towards me. Um, as for this coming season, um, like I said. We need to um, now that we have the drama past us from what happened with the sale and the sanctions and everything. Now we got to do is you know we have to reload the squad. I think still our biggest problem is depth. If depth is needed very much within the squad, that's why I think we couldn't. That's why I believe we we couldn't compete against Liverpool or uh, Man City. At Man City in the last few years because of that squad death. That's why when uh what's it called before when the 2021-22 season started, I actually had Chelsea placed at third place because I 
I did not believe they could do, they could win against against um, Liverpool or um, or Man City. I also and I was thinking like we might have to focus more on trying to win some domestic cups or try to see if we can win the Champions League again. And obviously, uh, Liverpool would just was just that damn good, damn good. And Benzema freaking killed us in the yes. Champions League. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I have some high hopes for um, for the new ownership. Of course, uh, for those who don't know, Todd Bowley, the new owner and part of the Crestonium, he is the uh, the part owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Los Angeles Sparks. All three of those teams have a very winning mentality, especially the Los Angeles Lakers. I bet everybody, everybody around here knows what an eight, a number eight, and a number twenty-four Laker jersey is. Or in some cases, you can even go back to number thirty-two with Magic Johnson. And also, so they know the winning culture. At the same time, they also with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are probably one of the biggest spenders in the Major League Baseball. Baseball. They always try to get top players, but also they're known for their development as well. They developed a lot of players through through the the Triple A leagues. That's lower. That's a lower league, and um, <clears throat> lower league in in Major League Baseball. So, the future truly is a bit is a bit bright for Chelsea. Um, it's also very sad to see Roman Abramovich goes and hope the best for him. And, uh, hey, I'm just saying, I mean, once those sanctions clear off, don't be surprised if Roman tries to buy another team. That's going to happen. Just waiting. Well, that'll be interesting. That'll be something that will be discussed probably at length by many, many media moguls. But, Anu, it's been superb to have you on the Blue Day podcast this week. I thoroughly appreciate your time and I've enjoyed listening to your stories of watching Chelsea, being passionate about Chelsea all over in a place that I thoroughly enjoy going to every time I do go there to see family. But thank you very much, Anu. Hopefully we will see you down at the bridge for the forthcoming season and you take care. There's one thing I've got to ask you. Go are, on. You, are you ever coming to Atlanta anytime soon? Oh, hoping. hoping. I'm hoping. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, if you ever come around maybe like spring or into the summer, I mean, we have a we have a 70,000 seat football stadium that I, I would like for you to come to. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few things in Atlanta I still need to take off my to-do list don't worry about that yeah but i but i i will hopefully come over soon all right superb anu you take it easy my friend you too sir Podcast Network.
Let me give you a big Labor Day surprise. Most people think if we all exercise the same and eat the same, we'd all look the same. And let me tell you why that's wrong. Your body is unique and your metabolism is unique. I'm Lacey Green, and I'm a super trainer at Body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And you can't see me, but I don't look like your average personal trainer. I'm curvy, and I'm proud of it. So I created a program for beginners only on the Body app to show people like us how to get incredible results and be our version of happy and healthy. This isn't just workout videos. It's people like you and me. It's community. It's incredible trainers. It's easy to follow nutrition and mindset experts to help you reduce stress and just feel better. And you can get started with my new program called For Beginners Only. Now, here's the big surprise. If you go to body.com right now, that's B-O-D-I.com, not only can you get everything Body has to offer at 50% off with an annual membership, you'll also get an additional 20% off, but only during Labor Day weekend. Let's do this together. Go to body.com. That's body with an I.com.